Get out the way. Boo. <laughs> Badge. <laughs> this is Two Girls, One Coast. Two Girls, One Coast. And this is an Encounters episode hosted by us. That is Corinne. And I Hello. am Sabrina. And so this is an episode where we read your ghost stories back to you and get scared. Or sometimes we cry. Yeah. I don't know. Things happen. And we're just glad you're here for the journey with us. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just jump right into Why it? Why don't we? Corinne, you want to start? Sure. This is from Amira. And she really looped us in with her subject title. It is the time I went to this event and something happened. Dun, dun, dun. Not super descriptive, but I'm curious. Catches your attention. Right? Yep. All right. Hi, girls. I've been binge listening to your podcast these past few days, and I swear to you, I think I became too sensitive again with all the things happening inside this house that I am in. Every creak and every voice I hear makes me fucking scared <laughs> every time, when most of the time, there's really nothing to worry about. Welcome to our everyday life. We feel you. Yeah. Part one. My story to you happened to me back when I was in college. It's kind of long, and I don't know how to shorten it because all of the details are very are kind of important, so here it goes. All I'll say is tell your story. Don't care about the length. We read stories that are five sentences long, yes. and we re read ones that take us 15 minutes to read. So, yes. So, yeah. And if you send us multiple and the email is too long, we will just pick and choose parts. Exactly. So, yeah. There we go. Send us whatever. We want to hear it all. It was February 2014, and the association I'm a member of is having their 57th annual dinner in a hotel. It was my first time attending because all new members are required to attend in order for us to mingle and communicate with the doctors and fellow nurses and student nurses who were also a member of said association. As I said, it was my first time, and together with my friends, we went to this occasion. So we're having fun. My parents checked up on me, and in the middle of it, my phone died. So as a very good child... I borrowed my friend's phone to text and inform my aunt and my grandma that my phone had died, where my location is, that the event will be over soon, and that if they need to reach me or talk to me, then they can call my friend's number. Very smart. Very smart. Always have someone who knows where you are. That's why Find My Friends is great. I know. I love it. Right before the event is over, my friend gave me her phone because my aunt is on the other line. As soon as I said, hello? I noticed that she didn't sound good at all, and she's throwing me questions quickly, asking me if I'm all right or if I'm hurt, if I'm still with my friends, and if the event is over, because they will be the ones to fetch me right away. So I was confused, and I asked what was happening, and she just said that I needed to go home already and that they were on their way to pick me up. And I said, okay, since it was almost over. They picked me up. I said my goodbyes to all my friends, and we arrived home. Then my parents called and told me what happened. Side note, my parents are working abroad, so I only have my relatives here with me. Let me give you a short backstory. So I have two phones. One phone was with me, and the other phone was left in my room without battery for two to three days because it, I seldom use it. Remember this, because it's an important aspect of the story. So what happened was, my parents called me and I answered. And then in the middle of talking, that's when my phone died. And as what I told before... I immediately informed my aunt and grandma about it so that if my parents called our landline, they could have informed them of the situation. So my phone died, right? And in my parents' end, since they know that I have a spare phone, they called it and someone answered. Oh my God. Someone freaking answered. 
I told them, how can anyone answer or even use the phone when it's dead? No battery juice whatsoever. But anyway, their call was answered. And no one was talking to them. They kept saying hello. They kept asking me, quote, what was happening because they thought it was me on the other line. But no solid answer. Oh, my gosh. But then what they heard next terrified them because it was plain sobbing. My mom told me that it sounded like me. The sobbing continues for a good minute, and then it was cut. We tried calling the same phone over and over again, but it didn't ring anymore. Minutes after, they called my brother, who was home at the time, and asked where the phone was, if it was in my room or if it was with me. And my brother checked my room, found it, and obviously, as said a while ago, it was not on because the battery was dead. And my mom called my aunt and my grandma and talked to them and told them the gist of what happened and asked if they could fetch me right away. And so that's when they called me through my friend's number. Wow. After they talked to me, my grandmother gave me a Blessed Mother Mary pendant, which I bring with me all the time, and a rosary was hung around my door. Or if it's not hung, it's near the door so that it could protect me from all the bad spirits. My mom thinks it's a bad omen. Thank God that it didn't happen anymore. Part two. Same event, but the following year. I again was invited to join since I'm still a member of the association. This time, I don't have another phone. That phone was either given away or I broke it. I have a new phone, so what happened last year won't happen again. Spoiler alert, it didn't, but something else happened to me. What? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Tell us, tell us, quick. (laughs) The event was going great and it was almost 2 a.m., so we decided to go home. That was my first time going home in the wee hours of the night. My friend, with her boyfriend, and I decided to share a taxi cab since we all lived close by. When I got out of the taxi and it drove off, I immediately felt very uncomfortable and very uneasy because the path that I would be walking in is not properly lit. So it's dark. Mm -hmm. I scanned my surroundings as I was walking and there was no one there. And I kept glancing and glancing at my back because it feels like someone was either watching me or someone was following me home. I swear I can knock someone out. (laughs) I swear I could knock someone out if they fucking scared me at, at that time. Oh, my God. Amazing. So I kept glancing and glancing. And as soon as I stepped into the area that was properly lit, someone or something pulled the strap of my crossbody bag. And when I looked back right away, no one was fucking there. Oh, my gosh. No movement to tell me that someone was there. No fucking sound to tell me that maybe someone was running away because they pulled my bag strap. Nope. Nah. Nada. Just plain concrete in complete silence. The only thing I was hearing was the wild beating of my heart. I just felt my crossbody bag being pulled, but I don't know by who. As the thought ran across my mind, I ran as fast as I could. (laughs) I reached our gate, slammed it so hard, opened our door, and fucking slammed it as well so that everyone (laughs) would know I was home. Wake everyone up. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't believe it. My heart was still thumping until I reached my room and was close to crying. I think it was the closest to touching me encounter that I've ever had in my entire life. I've seen apparitions of my dad's parents, but that didn't scare me. And I've seen dark shadows passing by my door at night, but that didn't bother me because they don't dare to get as close to me as this one. And it will haunt me for life. For life. Wow. After that, I didn't let myself spend time outside of my house after midnight unless I'm accompanied by someone up to our house. That's smart. That's it, girls. Thanks for reading my creepy and weird stories. Stay spooky and see you on the other side, Amira. 
Damn. That event seems to attract some scary experiences for Amira. Like, I feel like... I know. I kind of don't trust this event. Right. What if, what if she thinks it's just a gathering of doctors and nurses, some sort of health association, but really it's this, like, secret cult. <gasps> and they meet during the blood moon each year. Oh, God. And that's why people are required to go, because it's like, you have to join our cult. And then we're going to send come. ghosts after you. <gasps> They need enough bodies and energy to open up the portal to the other side. What if the sobbing that the, her mom heard was actually the crying of someone who was sacrificed a year before? <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. I really have no idea. I have no explanation for what it could be, but it just feels like the one similarity is this event. So you think that there's a connection. Yeah, yeah right? Ooh. Oh my gosh. And I bet it's not on the exact same deer. Deer. Oh, whoa. <laughs> A deer, oh my god i've got loons and deer on my mind um because it's probably like every friday or like every saturday right. of the first week of july or whatever you know <sighs> so it's not i don't know i don't know i don't have a it's yeah there's no explanation as to what happens but i do think you're right in that it's something to do with the event and maybe she was perhaps the most open and so someone associated with someone else there or the event i don't know or someone in charge of planning the event is trying to reach out and make contact scary i have a ghost story okay this is called the ouija chronicles and it's from rachel Hi, girls. My name is Rachel, and I am 27, and I live in Doylestown, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And this is right near where my mom lives. So this is area I was just at recently for the holidays. She says, my house is 20 minutes from the Jersey border, and it's known for being very haunted. So far, I've only listened to a couple of episodes, but I'm loving it, especially the Black Eyed Children one. I'm really interested in crime and paranormal stories. Until my whole Ouija board experience, I didn't really believe in spirits, ghosts, God, a divine power, or anything. My mom had this old Ouija board from the 70s and 80s that my friends and I started to use eight years ago. I ended up accidentally breaking it, and then no other board ever ended up working for us again. I think this could be because of two reasons. One, I read that spirits need either crystal or metal on the cursor piece in order for their energy to move it, and most of the new boards are all plastic. Or two... In the 90s, when I was about five, my aunt was dating a psychic medium that she worked with. One night, a bunch of adults in my family got together and Ouija'd with the medium, and I actually remember sitting at the table and watching this when I was five. Maybe somehow he enchanted the board. So, to the Ouija events, which most of it happens to be fun and happy and not scary. We played with the Ouija in the basement of my friend Jim's house. They were all big new houses in a big neighborhood. However, it was built on an old farmland like most of Bucks County used to be. A group of five of us lit tea light candles and laid on the ground in the dark around this board. We ran the cursor in circles around the board many times like we had read to do and kept asking if there were spirits there with moments of silence in between until it started moving. We ended up talking to these two spirits, Peter and Daphnia, from like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. and ended up obsessively talking to them at our at these hours multiple times a week for months. We kept a notebook full of info collected from them and even looked up stuff online to find that all of it was legit. Peter was stuck in limbo because he was watching over Daphnia's spirit. Daphnia was shot and killed by this man. They gave first and last name, but now none of us can remember the name while she was sleeping. They would not tell us their last names because they didn't want us to look up their family, but they gave us more information about the killer. 
They said he was still alive in prison in Delaware and how old he was. We later searched his name, found his date of birth, and that he was still in a Delaware jail. The date of birth online matched up with the age they gave us. Peter and Daphnea. Holy crap. I know. Peter and Daphnea were both around my age now and met in cooking class at Jenkintown High School. Peter died in World War II while fighting in the Navy, and we found out a lot of info about them. Daphnea had tanned skin, brown hair, and brown eyes. Peter was fair-skinned with black hair and green eyes. He later claimed he was bisexual. We spent hours asking them questions as he, as if we were on a date and soaking in all the info we could. Peter's favorite dish to make was lobster thermidor. Peter was also really funny. We laughed a lot while talking to them. We asked what his favorite game was to play, and he would move the cursor up to the top of the board where it said Ouija. My friend Corey said he felt something on his back and foot right then. We all took a sign that they were real. Of course, then I asked them for a sign for myself that they were real. We asked Peter if he was going to touch someone else, and he said yes. We asked who and who he was going to touch, and he spelled out M-Y-S-E-L-F, myself. There was that humor again. (laughs) (laughs) I totally wasn't expecting him to say that. I asked again if I could have a sign for myself, and as soon as they finished spelling out yes, my phone started ringing, and it said restricted color. It ended up being another friend who knew what we were doing that night trying to prank us, but I'm 200% sure they influenced the timing of the call. My friend Jim then asked for a sign, and they said yes and spelt out not. He looked at his shoes across the room and found his laces were triple knotted, which was something he never did. Another thing that I really remember being a sign was this one night at 2 a.m., a few of us decided to go to Walgreens to buy more tea lights. We were waiting at a red light, and the light turned green for literally a second, as if just enough time for one car to get through. And then when we walked into Walgreens, there were two extra beeps than there were of us. You know how it beeps when people walk through the door? It definitely felt like they were there with us. Oh my God. I look back on this memory as a really great experience in my life. I had so much fun doing it. I never felt scared, only excited to learn more about these people. And we even asked them what their favorite music was. And Daphnia told us Billie Holiday. So my friends started playing that in the basement for her. I had briefly, briefly thought that my friend Corey was possibly moving the cursor, but then I tried playing with just my friend Courtney and it worked. So I totally believe this was real. This actually made me to start believe in spiritual things and that we don't just go into the ground forever when we die. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this book, but a teacher had me read this book called Do Dead People Watch You Shower around the same time that I was playing with the Ouija board. And it really helped me form my opinion on spirits and the afterlife. I really want to read that yeah. now. I feel like I've heard of it. Maybe it's just from reading her email in the past, but yeah, that sounds interesting. Jim's parents also own this old house from the 1700s in the area that they're fixing up. It's definitely a creepy place. There's an open well in the kitchen, which reminds me of the ring, three floors with a creepy triangle roof in the third floor bedroom, narrow hallways and stairs, a fireplace with tons of silver knickknacks and dolls inside, a water house where slaves possibly slept, and we decided to try to try the Ouija board there after we had successfully done it in Jim's real house one to two times. We got a hold of spirits and they said there were about six spirits there. We asked if they wanted to hurt us and as it started to move towards no, my friend giggled and it shot right to yes. We started hearing noises, got scared, and left because it was in such a setback area. That's scary. Random Mm -hmm. fact. There's a couple of witch stores in New Hope, Pennsylvania – on the New Jersey-Pennsylvania border, and one day my mom and I went to the witch stores, and when we came home, my mom and I both smelled my grandmom for two seconds as soon as we walked in the door. I don't think it's a coincidence that we both did. She had died a while before this, too. 
Then I've had sleep paralysis. Probably about six years ago, I woke up in my, in my bed and I couldn't move. I tried to start talking and nothing came out. I tried to start screaming, but nothing came out. I then felt like I started to slip out of my body like I was raising into the air. I was terrified and thought I was dying. Like I said before, I wasn't and still wouldn't call myself religious, but I prayed to myself until I felt normal again. The sleep paralysis happened to me again three years ago when I was in college, except this time I saw a dark figure that looked like the Grim Reaper standing out on the side of my bed. It started pulling me out of my bed by my feet, but I couldn't scream. It was so real that I originally thought that my roommates were trying to kill me in my sleep. I was trying to grab onto my bed, but it wasn't helping. This was definitely the scariest thing that has ever happened to me, and once again, I prayed for it to stop. I talked to someone the next day who had actually done a project on it before, saying that hallucination can be common with sleep paralysis and that it was normal. I definitely think the fact that I have opened portals with the spiritual world could have something to do with why this happened to me. Rachel. (sighs) (laughs) The last one, just because I just read it, it, makes me think... It wasn't pulling her physical feet. It was pulling her soul by the feet out of her body. Oh, oh, Sabrina, that's very interesting. Because isn't that what they're after? Yeah. And then if you go into a bunch of like the Asian cultures and practices, they do a lot of stuff with your feet. Oh, yeah. Like you're not supposed to have your feet pointing in a certain direction. And all the toxins and clearing and blessings and stuff has to do with your feet. Wow, that's that's an interesting theory. Uh, I I mean, okay, the reason I chose this is because like this is a Ouija board experience that really seems positive. And also it's so detailed. It almost reminds me of the writings of Seth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Where there's just so much information coming and it's almost like this very clear and quick and uninterrupted line of communication right which rarely do we hear about when it comes to ouija boards because there's also that huge risk that you know the longer you keep Mm -hmm. a board open and the less you know about really protecting your space the more likely it is that something negative will come by and realize that there's a channel open yeah yeah it's lucky that and they used it so many times and talked with peter and daphnia so often that it's kind of like you're lucky that each time they used it, it was right. those two spirits. Right, right. I also yeah. think the concept of Peter being Daphnia's kind of protector or that like he was watching out for her spirit is so interesting. I've never yeah. heard of another spirit protecting another spirit. You know, we always hear of guardian angels that protect us. Mm-hmm. But it's fascinating that they also protect each other. Yeah, I wonder what their relationship was like. It's also amazing that they were able to fact check yeah this that's the best part because like that's when you like really solidify that no one is pushing the cursor right yeah i uh, i've never i've never known in the times that i've played when i was younger if someone else was pushing the board but i'll never play again so i'll never find out (laughs) i will never play i've never played and i never will yeah don't wow that's a wild wild ouija board experience and one that i wish i had honestly in the times that I played. But also I fear that had that happened to me, I would have been more encouraged and probably gone further and further. Right, totally. Yeah. And they had that one bad experience where like it immediately, like they asked if, it would, if they wanted to hurt them and it fr- went from no all the way to yes and they immediately closed out and left. Yeah, good. They made the right choice. Right. They responded appropriately. Yeah. Okay, I have another one. This is called My Creepy Children. Ooh. It's from Kim. Hi, ladies. Thought I'd share a story about my creepy children. Love it. When my daughter was very small, from the time that she could talk to about 
three, she'd always talk about the man. You can't see the man, can you, mummy? My won't lay down. Man is on my pillow. Oh. That's also funny that she calls herself my because I used to do that when I was really just started talking to. Oh, that's cute. Instead of I, I was my. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> just lots of stuff like that. It was made worse due to a reoccurring dream I had while I was pregnant of an old man looking through my window. Oh. Anyway, shoot forward and her brother is born when she was two and a half and tales of the man got less and less. When my daughter was about four and my son was around two, we were playing on my bed in the morning, just tickling and having a laugh, trying to delay the chores of the day ahead, when suddenly my son stopped, frozen, staring over my shoulder to the bedroom door. He then looks at me and says in his little two-year-old voice, the man doesn't like you, mummy. He doesn't even like you. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> At that moment, my daughter lunged towards my son, yelling, you're not supposed to talk about it. Oh, I'd never told her not to talk about the man or anything like that. I grabbed my daughter and said, don't be silly. There's no one there. Little babies say all sorts of silly things. Oh, my God. It was at that moment that all the musical slash speaking toys in the playroom next to the bedroom went off. Oh, the three of us froze. I wanted to grab them and run, but unfortunately, the only way was to go past the playroom. Nope. It was another hour or so watching shows on the computer before I got the courage to leave my bedroom. <laughs> There's been no other mention of the man since, which I'm pretty happy about. It was like the final send-off. Kim. Wow. So, sounds like the old man told her daughter not to talk about him because yeah. probably if she talked about him too much, the mom would be like, he's not real. Don't pay attention to him, which would then give him less power and less energy because she'd start to oh. believe less. Yeah. Right? Oh, God. And the man doesn't like the mom because she says okay. says that he's not real. I wonder if it is the same man that was in her dream when she was pregnant with her daughter. <sighs> it's creepy. And like, who it's is like, he and why? 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 Almost like insidious, you know, like the creature that was hunting down the soul of the dad then seeks out no, the son i don't like that at all oh the God. man doesn't like you mommy he doesn't even like you i i just don't like that because it doesn't sound like a happy positive ghost it seems like a naughty i don't want to be your friend kind of ghost yeah i mean and it's not like oh god i'm just thinking about when her daughter was young before the brother was born mm-hmm my won't lay down. The man's on <laughs> my pillow. Oh, crazy. Just like, oh, like crouching there waiting. So creepy. I totally believe that they saw. The Same. Man. The man is the thing. The man is real. The man is And the man real. is probably the man in the dream. Definitely. Okay. okay. Would you like to end us with one more? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is from Rebecca, and she has a collection of crazy spiritual encounters. I'm going to read one of them about Ouija boards. Hello, ladies. I've been listening to your podcast quite a bit over the last few weeks, and I absolutely love it. You two have the perfect blend of charismatic storytelling and spooky tales. Also, y'all are seriously the cutest besties, and I wish I could grab drinks with y'all. Anyway, mm -hmm. I started listening on to you guys on my commute in the hellish Atlanta traffic I venture out into every day, and now my husband and I listen to you guys in bed before we go to sleep. Yes, in the dark, and yes, this has resulted in numerous nightmares. I guess we like to freak ourselves out. 
I figured it was about time I share some of my stories with y'all and the TGOG fam. I have a lot of stories, but I've only included two of them here. Sorry in advance for the long read and any nightmares the first story might give you. But seriously, I apologize for the nightmares. (laughs) Don't mess with the Ouija boards. First and foremost, this is the single most terrifying thing that I have experienced thus far in my life, and hopefully nothing else will ever come as close. As a preface, I have always been drawn to anything mysterious and spiritual, even as a young child. I am definitely sensitive to supernatural phenomena, so maybe that's why I have had a lot of experiences. So, this story begins on a Friday night back in 2005 when I was a senior in high school in Birmingham, Alabama. My friend Rachel and I had been playing around with the idea of messing with a Ouija board for a while, and that day at school, she mentioned she had actually gotten one. So, being the naive teens we were, we thought it would be fun a fun idea to have a few people over at my house that night to try it out. There were five of us, two guys, and three girls. I noticed when we were getting the board set up that the directions had a warning that said you weren't supposed to use it with just girls. I thought it was odd, but it said something about how spirits thought girls were more vulnerable and it was dangerous to do it without some guys. Please, I thought, but since we had two guys there, it didn't really matter. Nothing too eventful happened at first. We sat in a circle in the dark in the upstairs office at my house, and the guys weren't really taking it seriously. A few minutes into using it, the planchette suddenly moved and went to the number three. Of course, we thought the guys were messing with us. But the planchette repeatedly went back to the number three, over and over again, and the guys swore up and down they were not moving it. Now, looking back and keeping in mind what happened later, I think something was mocking the trinity. Anyway, we put the board up, and since we weren't familiar with how to use it properly, we didn't close it out with goodbye. Oh, no. About an hour later, everyone had left except for my friend Rachel, the one who had brought the Ouija board. She was sleeping over. We went to my room to hang out and get ready for bed, and we had the stupid idea to get the board back out again. Just the two of us. Yeah, I know. We were 100% stupid. So we sat down on the floor and placed the tips of our fingers on the planchette. The mood in the room immediately shifted and we both felt it. It was like the air became heavy and we both felt an odd sort of tingling sensation with the planchette. It moved to the number six this time. I asked Rachel if she was moving it. No, she swore. It moved slightly away from the number and then jolted immediately back to six. Both freaked out, we put the board up again. And again, we didn't know we were supposed to close it out by moving the planchette to goodbye. And sure enough, whatever we had opened ourselves up to had only just begun to mess with us. Sensing the weird energy in the room, we both got in bed and turned out the lights. Almost immediately as the room was encased in darkness, my phone rang. It was around 1 or 2 a.m. at this point, and I thought it was odd that anyone would be calling. I reached for my phone, which was one of those flip phones, because it was 2005, and when I flipped it open, the screen was completely white, which didn't make any sense. I put the phone to my ear, and at first, all I heard was static. I said, hello? and immediately the most horrifying, soul-cringing noise erupted on the other end. Out of the static, there were now multiple voices speaking, more like screaming, all at once and in a language I had never heard before. Oh my. Oh my. I can't (laughs) even think about this. The voices were deep and guttural, and the language was harsh. I can't really describe it accurately. The voices coming through immediately engulfed my entire body in a feeling of dread like I had never known. Rachel was sitting next to me, and it was so loud she could clearly hear everything that I was hearing. We were both frozen. What we were hearing was something demonic. I couldn't deny it. I knew it in my soul that it was. Rachel grabbed the phone out of my frozen grip and yelled into the phone, demanding to know who it was messing with us. The voices suddenly stopped. 
and then became even louder and more menacing. I grabbed the phone and slammed it shut. We sat in silence and couldn't really believe what had just happened. Then my phone rang again. This time Rachel answered it. I could clearly hear the voices screaming all at once in the same demonic language and I told her to hang up. I then turned my phone off completely and Rachel and I started praying and didn't really know what else to do. The rest of the night we kept the lamp kept the lamp on and tried to sleep, although I don't think either of us actually slept. The next morning we both could still sense the weird heavy energy, so we went out to get lunch. Seeing as how it was during the day and we were in the middle of a busy restaurant, when my phone rang, I didn't think twice about answering it. But the moment I put it to my ear, I heard the same eerie static. I pulled the phone away from my ear and saw the screen was white. I gently placed it back to my ear and whispered, Who is this and what do you want? Out of the static came the most monotone, emotionless voice I had ever heard. The best way I can put it is if you could hear a dead person speak. I imagine it sounded like this. The voice was male and simply said, Bob, the chairman. Try Bob, the chairman. It repeated this over and over multiple times, and Rachel mouthed at me from across the booth, asking what was going on. All I could do was hand her the phone, and I'm sure the look on my face told her there was something, told her it was something similar to what we had heard the night before. She heard the voice repeating itself a few times, and eventually she asked, What are you? The voice immediately stopped and hung up. We tried not to freak out too much since we were surrounded by tons of people in a bustling Mexican restaurant, but the look on our faces was surely concerning. Rachel was trying not to cry because she was so freaked out and I was just frozen in fear. At the time, Rachel had a BlackBerry, which in 2005 was like the only one of the phones that had access to the internet. Wow, I feel so old saying that. She told me she had (laughs) a weird urge to Google Bob the chairman. The first search result that popped up was a news report about some guy named Bob who had died in Atlanta the day before and was the chairman of some big company. I don't remember all the details. It was too coincidental, and we were only about an hour and a half away from Atlanta. When we got home from lunch that day, I told my mom everything. My mom was very religious, and one of the strongest Christians I've ever known, and also very factual slash traditional. I thought she wouldn't believe me, but to my surprise... Surprise, she believed every single word. She said we needed to get rid of the board ASAP. So fast forward to two years later, I was a sophomore at Auburn University and I lived with my sister in an apartment close to campus. I hadn't told many people about my traumatizing experience with the Ouija board, but one night my sister had some friends over and we just watched a scary movie. They began sharing stories and one of her friends shared a story about her own Ouija board experience. And I figured it was time to share my story with them, if only to warn them to never ever mess with one. Of course, when I finished my story, my sister didn't believe me. I had never told anyone but my mom, so she was so surprised she had never heard it until then, if it was true. I assured her it was, and I began feeling that weird energy again, that heavy and ominous energy in the air, almost like whatever had messed with me two years prior knew I was talking about it, and it was listening. When I went to bed that night, I stayed up and read for a little while, probably Twilight or something else young adult fiction. Out of the silence of my room, I began to hear heavy breathing. I dismissed it at first as wind whipping around the corner of my apartment, but I soon realized it was coming from the small couch next to my bed. I put my book up and turned out the light, turning my back to the breathing sound, not wanting to give it to give it any attention, whatever it was. I said a prayer. I asked God and my angels to protect me from whatever dark energy was maybe around me and bringing me fear. That night, while I was dreaming, I felt something trying to wake me up, but I couldn't open my eyes. I don't know if that's ever happened to y'all before, but I was like, I physically couldn't open my eyes and wake up. So the next morning when I woke up without my own alarm, I reached for my phone to see see what time it was. 
it was turned off. I sat up and turned it on thinking that it was odd it was off because it had a full battery when I went to sleep. Sure enough, when it was back on, it did have a full battery. Something had turned my phone off. I thought back to that weird feeling of something trying to wake me up, but I couldn't open my eyes and I realized that maybe something dark had tried to mess with me during the night and my guardian angel protected me by not letting me open my eyes and by turning off my phone. Ever since then, whenever I talk about it, which is very sparingly and only to warn people not to mess with Ouija boards, I still feel as though whatever it was can still hear me. But I also know I'm protected by my angel and my God. I don't care if some people think there's a safe way to use Ouija boards. If you aren't prepared to open yourself up to something dark and unpleasant, don't use one at all. The spirit shadow world is a mystery and you don't know what you're going to get. And in my case, it was something very dark. Just don't do it. Thanks for the podcast and keep up the awesomeness. You ladies rock. Becca. Okay. Well, you know, (laughs) there are good experiences with Ouija boards and then there are the bad and especially the bad ones come when you don't know how to use it properly and if you don't say goodbye and don't close out of it but, oh it's so scary terrifying yeah oh my gosh and just to think like the whole almost like sleep paralysis thing where she wasn't able to open her eyes that's so scary but i do like yeah. the thought that it is some protective spirit being like if you open your eyes things are gonna go to shit so just ignore it yeah. don't give anything attention or energy that it's seeking out just chill and it kind of reminds me of rick in the sense that whatever entity was taking over rick remember it said like you want to know what i did today i went over to that baseball stadium and i made the guy do uh, that horrible thing and yeah it makes me think like when they said bob the chairman it's like this is what i have the power to do right right oh my gosh right it's a warning yeah it's like just yesterday look at what Oh, God. Where I was. Where I left my mark. It's so scary. So you guys decide, after listening to both the Ouija board stories we I shared today, what you want to do. Yeah. It's not our decision, but we... Uh, Wouldn't do it. If you do do something, you can email us if anything happens. <laughs> yeah. But that should not be the reason that you choose to do it. Correct. More like if you've already done it, tell us. Yeah, cool. Uh, so yeah, you can email us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. And we have social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and join our Facebook group or like our Facebook page. And and then support our podcast by donating to Patreon. We really appreciate it. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. You can rep our merchandise. And we uh, we will see you, see you on the, on other, the side. other side. Very spooky.